Hi, welcome to Fire in a Bottle, the podcast episode five. Um, this episode is going to be about oil and water and the nature of fats. I've brought on um, my friend Elizabeth Meg to be my co-host on this podcast. Why am I here? You are here because my blog is very nerdy. Totally. Many people have pointed out and... Uh, I have a common complaint that it science is, is dumb, right? Uh, hard to follow, perhaps maybe more than dumb. But um, Elizabeth is not a scientist, nope. and she has no problem, and she loves uh, shouting at me. And so she it's kind will, of my best quality, right? Yelling at people, right? She's good at yelling, and so she her job here is to keep me in bounds and make sure that I don't go off on tangents that are. Too hard to and explain. And promised I could say, fuck off Brad, if I wanted to. That's right. Okay. Uh, yeah, so, uh, you know, this may or may not be friendly for children. Content warning. <laughs> Content warning. <laughs> um, right, and so the point of these episodes with Elizabeth is we're going to back up a little bit on the, um, the first episodes of this podcast and my blog really kind of jump in late in the game. We're going to try to lay some of the the uh, foundational work to have a better idea of what the H-E double hockey sticks I'm talking about. You yeah. see, my, I'm, I'm going to keep my language clean. <laughs> it's for the kids. <laughs> it's for the kids. Um, so yeah, no one knows what you're talking about. It takes me like six times to read a blog post and then there's like 8,000 words in it and you jump from one concept to the next concept and I don't even know... Like, what the hell you're talking about? Membrane? Come on. Let's break it down. Right. So, uh... Break it, break it down. Welcome to episode five. Uh, everyone say hi to Elizabeth. Yo! And we're gonna have fun. Okay. Oil and water. So, we're starting with what I think is the most basic concept about science, is that, or about biology, I should say, is that... We're made of parts that are made of fat and we're made of parts that are made of water. Specifically, every cell is mostly made of water, um, but around the outside of the cell... So you're saying an entire body is just fat and water. That doesn't make sense to me. There's bones and proteins and organs. Right, right. Yes. So there are more things that the body is made out of, like proteins and bones are so maybe you should bones be more are, specific bones are minerals and proteins so specifically what i mean is that um so there are two basic things that everything is dissolved into and what i mean is if you've ever um you know had salad dressing that was had oil and water in it and you see how they separate and some things dissolve in fat and some things dissolve in water and so those are the two sort of environments, except for, like you say, there are other things like connective tissues, bones don't really count in, in this. We're t I'm talking about things like muscles and fat cells and liver cells. And those cells are, have, they really have two parts. They have an oily membrane on the outside that kind of holds everything in. And then the center is water. And so... Like an egg. Only the center is delicious. 
Right, right, right. Yes. And um, if you've ever cracked an eggshell and you see that little... It's like there's the hard... It's a membrane. There's the hard shell on the outside and then there's that thin thing that you have to crack through. That thin part is the membrane. An An egg is actually one giant cell. Did you know that? No, I did not. An egg is one giant cell. So... So in an egg, the um, that little so is the yolk like the nucleus. The yolk is the nucleus Ooh, of it. the egg cell, and the and the white is the well, membrane. What they, what they call the cytoplasm. That's actually the cytoplasm. So that's where a lot of the things happen. Like that's where the endoplasmic reticulum lives, and that's where the mitochondria yeah. live. Let's throw some more big words out. Right? Did you know that an egg, if you take a raw egg and you put it in vinegar for a few days, the shell disappears, and then you just have this uh, membrane thing because uh, the shell disappears, and it's just that protective coating. Right. And so that little, the little membrane thing, the little soft thing on the outside of the egg, that is the cell membrane, and every cell has one, and it's and it's very thin. It's only. It's only two um, molecules, it's like, whatever, it's two molecules thick. That's very, very, very thin. Your body has 37 billion cells in it, and each of them has a membrane, so each membrane is not very thick. Um, And the membrane is made out of fat. And so when you... Why? Well, so what it does is... You because have, they bind more closely together and so they can keep the water in? Yes, that's partially it. And the other thing is that we have things in our blood such as calcium. Okay. Right? We eat calcium. We need the calcium. To live. And so, I mean, I don't eat calcium. I well, eat you, cheese. Right, you eat cheese. And so the calcium gets absorbed by your intestines and it circulates through your blood. And calcium has a – well, it's a – it has a charge. It's a charged molecule. It's Ca plus. It's positively charged. And things that are molecules that are charged dissolve in water. S- but how they- am I supposed to know what molecules are charged and what ones are not? I don't think it's important to okay. to memorize them. It's just important to understand that some things. Okay. What like- else is charged? So, what else is charged? Um, a lot of um. A lot of molecules are, in fact, well, later in my blog, I talk about something called NAD plus and the little plus symbol, little plus symbol means it has a positive charge. So anything with a positive charge is going to dissolve in, is going to dissolve in water. And what if it has a negative charge? Same. It will also dissolve in water. So water is really, water is really unique and interesting. So in this, this concept I'm about to talk about, if you've already listened to the podcast, I've already talked about it endlessly, but it's a very important thing that that that. But let's explain it to dumb people. Now. Brings Are you this saying whole I'm thing dumb? Keep going. You're not dumb, Elizabeth. You're very All smart. Right. All right, let's go. <laughs> so, okay, oil and water. Why are we talking about this? Right. So oxygen. Oxygen really likes electrons. Okay. It's like a bully, and it wants to take the electrons. And hydrogen is not is is kind of a wimp. When it comes to electrons, at least compared to oxygen. Way to use toxic masculinity to talk about. Uh, <laughs> got it. Killing it. Let's go. So, in um, in the molecule H two O, that's it. water. Mm-hmm. What it is, you have two hydrogens in there, and they're uh, you know bound to an oxygen. And in that configuration, the oxygen is such a bully that it's gonna quote unquote steal the electrons from the hydrogens. Cool. And so what happens is. So water is not technically a charged molecule, but 
since the oxygen pulls the um, the electrons closer to it, and since the hydrogens prefer to give up their electron, okay. it means that the hydrogens have a little tiny positive charge, and the oxygen has have a little tiny has a little tiny negative charge because the oxygen is has a lot more. All it's right, like left. sucking in. All okay, right. so the electrons are negative. Okay, the oxygen is positive, kind of well, tiny. The, the oxygen is. It wants to pull in those electrons. Oh, right, right, right. Okay. So the, so the oxygen is basically hoarding all of the electrons, which gives it a tiny negative charge. And the hydrogens, since they've given up their oxygens, they have a little tiny positive charge. And so overall, water does not have a charge. Okay. But it... But it um, How does that relate to things that are dissolving? Right. And so... Like with a magnet, things that have a charge like to bind to the op- to the right. things of the opposite charge. Mm-hmm. So positive things that like to bind to negative things. And since water is a little bit negative on one end and a little bit positive on the other end, um, it things like to bind to it because like calcium, which is Ca plus, has a positive charge, so it likes to to bind to the oxygens in water because they have a little negative charge. And so when I say bind, it's not a all right. You're losing me. Come on. Okay. Yeah. So, anyways, the calcium Calcium's likes the oxygen. Right. The calcium likes the oxygen because calcium is positive and oxygen is negative. So Got they it. stick together, and and that's what allows the calcium to Let's get it together. Cruise, cruise through your blood. All right. Now, the situation is fat is very different. Fat okay. is mostly composed of carbon and hydrogen in these long chains, and so carbon and hydrogen like electrons almost equally. So they're very good at sharing. There's no bullies. Everyone is sharing the electrons evenly. So hydrogen has no fat negative. Is equal fat is equal opportunity. There's no little secret negative or positive charges. How come we don't like fat people then? <laughs> that is... <laughs> Elizabeth, we like fat people. Oh. We're trying to Got it, them. got it. Okay, right. sorry. <laughs> Seems like they're nice. <laughs> they are nice. We like that. Now, I think in um, Cersei's homework a couple weeks ago, we talked about fat cells. And they do they have four little guys? Nope. Never mind. I think I'm lost. Right. Like friends so, on the sides? Nope. Okay. Keep going. Right. Back to oil and water. You may need to try glycerides. Anyway, so, right. And so, and so that is why. That's actually why when you... Um, when you take vinegar mm-hmm. and oil mm-hmm. and you put them in a shaker and you shake them up, the oil separates the top and the and the vinegar separates to the bottom. The the reason that the no, if you shake it up, it goes together. Well, for a second, but then it separates back out. Right. And the reason that it separates back out is that they don't like each other. The oxygens and the hydrogens like and the water and are finding each other, it's and like they're repellent. <laughs> exactly. And so the hydrogens and the oxygens are linking back up because they have the little positive and negative charges. And basically that water is like forming um, its little network because all the all the little mini positive hydrogens yes, stick to the is... mini negative oxygens. And it makes like a – it makes like a like – I'm doing a this – clan. I'm doing this thing with my hands. Yeah, yeah it It's like clan. sticking together. This is why I like all things to go back to the places – where they were because everything likes to be with its friends. So the oil and the water like to be with their friends. Right. Got it. Right. Now, what the hell does that have to do with anything? Why do I care? Okay. So other than, you know, salad dressing's great. Well, sure, sure. And, and so I guess we like fat people. So And so the point is that our cells, they have to control 
what comes in and out of them. So like they need they need a certain amount of calcium. They, they need, got little bouncers. They do. They need things like what are the bouncers made out of? So the bouncers. Is that the membrane? So the bouncers are made out of protein. Oh. And well, this is where it gets interesting. You said earlier, there's just fat and water. Well, the fat and the water are the basic mediums that control everything. I say mediums okay. like solutions that control everything. So not medium that can like see in the future. Exactly. So <laughs> protein. I'll just try to keep you off track. Keep going. Sorry. Protein. <laughs> so protein. So protein, protein. Protein is very interesting. Protein is made up of twenty different. Well, they're called amino acids, but. You don't really have to worry about what they are. Um, they're different building blocks. And I know what amino acid is. Yeah. I'm not that dumb. It's, it's like a chain of proteins, it's, right? Right. Well, it's one link in, the, in a chain of proteins okay. as an amino acid. Give me and a little so, credit, yeah. Yeah. Um, and so what's interesting about amino acids is that all of the different – all the 20 of them have different properties. So some of them are charged and like to be in water. Oh. And some of them – are large and neutral and like to be in fat. Okay, so we back a second. So um, fat doesn't have a charge. Is that what you exactly. said? Yes. Okay, fat doesn't have a charge. Water also doesn't really have a charge, but likes. It likes to bind with t- with charged things. It likes to hang out with charged things because positive it, or negative doesn't matter. Positive or negative both. Doesn't negative. care if doesn't its care. friend group is you know a bunch of bullies or whatever. It doesn't mind. It's just like I like to hang out with people even if they're assholes. Right. Okay. Exactly. Fat is like I don't need anybody. Right. Is it's that doing true? its own thing. Well, I mean, it, it, it will hang out with it will hang out with other things that are also neutrally charged. So, what are those like, other things? Well, it can be protein, and okay. so and so this is where it gets. So in. protein doesn't have a charge. A protein, depending depending on, on which depending on which amino acids the protein is made out of, it can either okay. be fat soluble or water soluble. And so, so why doesn't water just take all of them? Because water prefers anything charged, and fats just hanging out. Why doesn't protein just always go to water? Because, so here's all right. So now we're really getting down to brass tacks. So the whole reason that we have your brass the tack. fatty membrane in the first place. Got it. Okay. Fatty is membrane. that is to keep is because the cell um, or inside of the cell nucleus in egg well yolk. the cytoplasm is the egg white. Yep, and, and then the egg and, yolk. And the egg yolk, which is the nucleus. Inside of the cell wants a certain amount of calcium, for instance. But it doesn't want too much. And so... Get kidney the, stones, the, you have too much calcium. Exactly. And so the calcium can't get through the fatty membrane because... Protein is a bouncer. Well, no, because fat is neutrally charged and calcium is positive. And so the, the things that are water-soluble cannot go through the fat because the fat will repel them and they get stuck up in the water part. I thought it was something about like bigger or smaller molecules. Uh, like, well, it is true that very, very small, very small molecules can diffuse through cell membranes, but only if they're neutrally charged. Okay. So positive, either positive or negatively charged things cannot go through cell membranes because the fat will not allow positively charged things to go through it. So calcium is never getting into our fat cell. It's getting into other cells. So here's what happens. Here's what really happens. Okay. So the body makes very clever proteins. Mm -hmm. And what these proteins do is they go, they are, they're shaped like cylinders. Okay. And the sides of the cylinders are fat soluble. They're neutrally charged because they're made out of amino acids that are neutrally charged and they're soluble in fat. The top and the bottom are made out of 
water-soluble amino acids. Multiple layers. There's a moat and an alligator pit and... Think about it like a... Like a tube. Like a... Like a... I don't know. PVC pipe or something. Okay. Like this... Like, right? So it's basically like a... It's like a tube and the... Around the outside of the tube is all neutrally... And it's made of like hundreds of amino acids and it's like built out of like a spiral. Okay. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. And like the, the, the ones that are all around the outside, those are all neutral amino acids. So they're happy to hang out in the fat and the ones at the very top and the very bottom, which is a lot fewer, right? It's only a few. It's just the very top ring and the very bottom most ring. Those are made out of amino acids that have... What are these tubes? Some kind of charge. And so what they do is they... No, but what are these tubes that you're talking about? They let the calcium in and out. Oh, they make... They're like little shunts. They're like little transporters. They call them transporters. Transporters. And so so that is Somebody built a tunnel. Right. Somebody built a tunnel to to get through the fat. And in fact, um, one of of these transporters is called... um, well, glut glucose transporter, and that is how when we get sugar. That's how we get blood sugar into our cells. Is it has like the blood sugar cannot? Why or, is the body made like that? Why wouldn't it make it easier to just get what you need into your cells? Well, because that would be chaos. We need to con- so each cell has its whole own system to control. Oh, factories! We talked about this at homework. Right, like little factories, and so each cell kind of like right it. it it needs to control like what's coming in, what's going out. Like it's, it's all very controlled. And so you don't want like, you know, um, it's not a free for all. It's not, it's it's, not bouncers. Right. It's not a free for all. You you, you get out of control. And some, like some cells prefer to burn fat, for instance, and some cells prefer to burn glucose. And so the cells that prefer to burn fat, they make more of a transporter called CD36. So if you have more cells that prefer to burn fat, then you're not going to be fat. Not necessarily. Boom. Not necessarily. Oh. Um, I just solved your whole problem. It's, it, right. You could have just solved it right there. Boom. But no more podcasts necessary. <laughs> just get more cells that like to burn fat. Duh. All right. All right. But um, everybody likes sugar, so. Yeah. Let me think. Let's pause for a second okay. before we record the next section. Okay. We're back, and I'm not sure why we're talking about oil and water. So. So. Uh. Listeners of the podcast or readers of my blog already know that I am mildly obsessed with saturation levels of fat. Is that a dig at me because I don't listen to your podcast? I'm not. I'm not digging at you. Okay. I'm just. I'm just saying. Sorry. You have. You have read the blog. Yeah. You read I that one article like eight to times trying to yammering at me. Right. Right. No, it's okay. You don't. You don't have to listen to podcasts. Okay. Yeah. Sorry, guys. Um. Have fun with your podcast. <laughs> So, we're going to talk about membrane fluidity in this section. Uh, as I have said, I am kind of obsessive about the types of fats. And people talk a lot about saturated fats versus... Unsaturated. Unsaturated. And there's two kinds of unsaturated fats. There's monounsaturated fats and there's polyunsaturated fats. Dude, I kind of know this, right? So, this is where it's the four guys... You got four guys around you, mm-hmm. and in dude, I'm gonna remember this. I'm so smart. Um, okay, four guys around you. Uh, shoot, forgot the rest of it. Um, something hydrogen. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Fine, tell me again. <laughs> okay, but I you think just when started she says- with cell fluidity or membrane fluidity, and then you jumped right into monosaturated fats. 
what the hell does that have to do with let's can we talk about yes and so membranes right let's talk about the membranes and then we'll talk about the type of fats so as we were saying before these membranes are made out of this thin layer of fat and and yep. and the thin layer of fat prevents the calcium ions build from going in and out in, you got to through it all that and so but what is very important is that the membranes are fluid. The membranes are very dynamic places. There's all kinds of things happening. There's like these transporters and there's other proteins that float in there and there's like signals. Not the cytoplasm. Not the cytoplasm. I'm just talking about that thin little membrane layer. There's all kinds of stuff going on in there. There's shit going on there too. Yeah. So there's like things passing messages through it and like not even Ooh, transporting I got a question. things. Yeah. Sorry. ADD. Uh, you build a tunnel through it, right? You get through the membrane. Does Is that stuff going into the cytoplasm or is it going right to the nucleus? It's going into the cytoplasm first. Okay. Now yeah. you can go back to your cell membrane, yeah. but I just needed to know that. Yes. Um, is there another layer of protection before it gets to the nucleus? Does the nucleus have its own membrane? The nucleus has its own membrane. Yes. Do they have and to so build other tunnels to get into the membrane? They the do, in fact. And in fact, the other tunnels leading from the... From the um, membrane into the nucleus is the endoplasmic reticulum. Yeah. Cool. All right. Back to cell because nobody knows what that means. Right. Um, endoplasm reticulum sure. for a future point. Right. It's just it's basically like a network of membranes and it and it. Yep. You're not allowed to bring out. new words into play right now. Cell membranes. I said membrane. Anyway, cell membranes. So the point is, there's a lot going on, and <laughs> so what we need is we need. If you've ever noticed, you take some. Uh, soybean oil, you put it in the refrigerator, it is a liquid. You take beef fat, you put it in the refrigerator, it becomes very hard. Or if you've ever um, Yes, seen... there are solid fats and there are liquid fats. And why is that? Right. And so the solid fats are more saturated. Um, cocoa butter. If you've ever gotten those little, bought those little cocoa butter nibs yep. that are I like... I make uh, face stuff with it. Right. And so those are very... Cocoa butter is one of the most saturated fats on the planet. So it's hard. So then it's hard. if we have that in our body, that makes a much harder place to get a tunnel through. Exactly. So, so we don't want saturated fats. Well, no, we want so but but on the flip side, if our membranes were all made of soybean oil, we'd be like greasy monsters. We'd be like falling apart. That wouldn't work. Oh, either. so like muscle, like the density of muscle or something is made Yeah, I mean this right, your cells just your cells prefer your cell membranes just have like a it's kind of in the middle actually it's and so a, a lot of people one of the things that i find sort of frustrating is that people talk about you know well animal fat is saturated mm -hmm. and so it's soybean fat. oil is polyunsaturated and that's not actually true that's actually a a vast oversimplification so any all fats have a mixture of saturated, monounsaturated, and polyunsaturated fat. So it's just, it, it only differs by proportion. And so, for instance, um, beef fat is around half saturated, and most of the rest is monounsaturated and has a small amount of polyunsaturated fat in it. So does our body prefer animal fat because it has a higher percentage of saturated fat? Do uh, our cells, I guess I should be more specific and not say body, but cells prefer that? Yeah. So cell membranes. Right. We're talking about fluidity of cell we're, membranes. We're talking about fluidity of cell membranes. Cell membranes are less um, saturated than our stored, like our stored, like belly fat. Okay. And so that's the other 
That's so it. is belly fat all saturated fat? Is that why people think saturated fat is bad? Because belly no, fat, no saturated fats are all saturated or right, all okay, mon- they're okay. all mixtures. They're all blends. But do people think saturated fat is bad because we know that our stored fat cells are contain more saturated fat? So the reason that people think saturated fat is bad is interesting. This is because of people in the 1960s okay. were thinking about heart disease and clogged arteries. Yep. And they were thinking about a sink drain, right? If you pour yep. grease beef down, fat, yep. grease down your sink, it totally will eventually clog. Yep. And so, so they were taking a very simple analogy that... So they're saying, okay, so saturated fat is hard at room temperature, so your body's about room temperature, so it would be hard in there, it'll clog your arteries. It'll clog your arteries, right. Except we know that, that fat cannot and does not circulate in the blood. So then what the hell are they what? talking about? So why do, do we know why fat can't circulate in the blood? Because it can't, it's not uh, charged. It's not water-soluble, exactly. And the charged. body is so much water that, okay. Right. So, there's no, so what are they saying when like, they, they'll say like, if you give blood and you ate a big steak, like your blood comes out chunkier. Right. And so what they're talking about, what they're talking about is um, these things called, well, cholesterol. But what is cholesterol? Cholesterol is, is a cell. these different particles. They're basically tiny little cells. And so they're, they're fat, but it's all wrapped in... Um, these, these, they're wrapped in these fats, which are charged on the outside. So, so they're water soluble. They're little. You, you already said fats aren't charged. Okay. This is a very important point. Um, so the thing about the membrane is it's made out of what are called quote, sorry, big word coming phospholipids. What does that mean? It means that phospholipid. <laughs> it means that they're long pieces of fat and mm-hmm. on the outside long they, chains long chains and on the outside they have a single layer that has a charge on it and so what happens is and what is that single layer made of because fat doesn't it's made out of a phosphate group okay. which is an ion that's just kind of available it's in our food okay and then just we make memories out of it I'll and so and so what happens is they orient so that the the fatty part lives inside of the membrane and the outer surface of the membrane is all these little phosphate groups and so that's why that's why the fat can be in contact with the blood, which is water soluble, and the cytoplasm, which is water soluble. But is it so? Okay, so then it uh, that outside is that phosphate, and that's got a charge, so it's water soluble. So the blood is getting into that, and then there's just big fat things in the blood, and that's why it's chunky. Right. So the things circulating in the blood are are this. They are the fat that you ate, and they get wrapped in a single layer of phospholipids, which are the fatty tails. So they like to be in contact with the dietary fat, but the outer surface of that are the phosphate groups. And so that is a, so that's a charged, it's like a little, whatever, it's like a little tiny cell kind of. Okay. And so that can float in the blood because it has the charged particles on the outside. But it's not actually dissolving in the blood. Right. But the point is that thing is not going to just passively stick to, uh, to your arteries yeah. in the same way that grease poured down the drain sticks to your drain because the grease... So what is sticking to your arteries? And I just want to point out... Sorry. No, that's okay. I just want to say one more thing about that. And so um, detergents yes. have a fatty section and a water-soluble section. Right. That's how they work. And so when you take when you take detergent and mix it up, you know, get the fat off your plates with it, the detergent is forming a molecule that's much like 
um, the way that your body transports fat through your blood. And so obviously if you have enough detergent and it's warm water, you can now pour the grease down the drain. So maybe clog. Trump was onto something, just inject some bleach. <laughs> could be, could be. <laughs> um. So basically you're saying that um, the cholesterol or whatever that's, that's in your blood is essentially like uh, the outside of it is like a detergent. It, it can, uh, it, or maybe not, never mind. Scratch that. Let's go back to cell membranes before I get more confused. We want cell membranes to be, they're, they're already active. We want to be able to get tunnels through them, but we don't want to let everything in there because then it's chaos. Right. We don't want to let everything and in. And I like chaos, but you don't like chaos apparently. <laughs> right. Because, and so, that, and, and, and so that is why the proportions of the different types of fats are, is very important. And that's why in biological systems um, you see – different depending on the type of animal or plant they have very different types of fats and here's why you and me mm-hmm. are warm-blooded we have a body temperature i don't know if i'm really that warm-blooded you're not but come that on. warm-blooded yeah. but we have body temperatures somewhere around 98 degrees and so in that environment our fats and mm-hmm. our cell membranes are much more saturated than the 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 oils that you find in like a kernel of corn because a kernel of corn when you plant it in the ground the ground might only be 50 degrees and that corn plant has to start growing it has to okay can we use uh an analogy that involves like an, a cold-blooded animal instead yes so although... are cold-blooded animals do they have less saturated fat then i believe that they do although that is a really good question, and I'm going to look Boom! that up later. I don't actually know the answer to that off the top of my head. Don't I suspect you. I think I that just they won do. The you today. just won the yeah. Won the podcast. <laughs> my just, favorite Elizabeth day when just I got a gold star. St- I did. <laughs> and you're still going to make me sit still for longer. All right, back to <laughs> cell membranes. Anyway, right, and so so the the reason. Oh, no, actually, no. Boom. Here we go. Okay. Salmon. Salmon yes. is a is a is an animal that swims in water that's 32 degrees right. they come into the creeks when there's ice on top right 32 degree water and salmon fat is notably polyunsaturated um it's all polyunsaturated fat and that's why people say eat fish oil because it's omega-3 which is supposedly the good fish oil that's way too complicated of a discussion to get into whether or not omega-3s are good for this podcast because we're just trying to get the basics down however that is an example of a coal of an animal that is cold-blooded and it okay. likes to live out in Humans- cold water Warm-blooded, saturated, saturated, you know, salmon. He's not really cold-blooded, right? Because can't he turn warm-blooded or is he cold-blooded? No, salmon are cold-blooded. He's cold-blooded. Okay. Salmon, cold-blooded, polyunsaturated fat. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. Is that about what they eat or is that about what their body is turning, what they eat into? Uh, So it... Why is that? That's a really good question. So animals cannot make polyunsaturated fat. So they have to eat They it. have to get it from their diet. And that includes salmon and people. And the reason that... Oh, we can't create polyunsaturated we, fat either. No. So that's why people say we need to eat it. Right. So there is a tiny, tiny, tiny amount of polyunsaturated fat, which is necessary. But it's... You well, could... You said all fats could, are made up of never, all these fats, so I don't really need to supplement poly. Right. Like, you could never become deficient in polyunsaturated fats eating a normal diet of anything because all even if i just ate vegetables no oils yeah because there's like, polyunsaturated fat in my broccoli there is you're seeing my broccoli i mean bro- broccoli is has a 
very small amount of fat in it. But most of the fat in broccoli is polyunsaturated because it's a plant and it has to grow in the cold. And broccoli is a good example because brassicas, which is what broccoli is, they will, You're grow, a brassica. They will grow in very cold temperatures. You plant them like in the spring or in the fall. They don't like the heat of the summer and therefore they're I fat. tried to grow them one year and I got no heads because I planted them too hot. I them too hot. They do yeah. not like the heat. They don't like the heat. And, so, like and so because they're like salmon, most of their fat is polyunsaturated. So with plants that uh, thrive in the heat, are they more, do they have a, you know, I know plants in general have a small amount of fat, but... Do plants who thrive in the summer months, when I want to plant them then, do they have more uh, saturated fat then? Cocoa butter is mm-hmm. a tropical plant and has some of the most saturated fat out of anything in the world. Interesting. Coconut oil, also tropical plant, saturated fat. All right. So, so the okay. reason... Okay, making right? sense. Warm, saturated, cold, poly. Right. Where's mono? So, and then mono... mono, mono. And so mono is... Well, it lives in the middle, right? And so, so olive oil is a monounsaturated fat and it grows in a tempid climate. Yeah, like um what do they call it? Mediterranean. Yeah. Like olives don't like it particularly hot or particularly cold. And so they have monounsaturated fat and they live in the middle. And most animals well like I say, animals can only make from their own body saturated and monounsaturated fat. We okay. cannot make polyunsaturated fat. It seems unfair, but alright. <laughs> no, we don't want to make polyunsaturated fat. We don't What if I want to be a salmon? What if I live in Alaska? You're Do I have... need more polyunsaturated fat if I live in Alaska? You don't need it because humans are warm-blooded and so we maintain our I own see. internal A polar bear. Well, polar bears are also warm-blooded. If you can... An iguana. Iguanas don't live in Alaska because cold-blooded animals do not thrive in that environment. Alexa, what <laughs> cold-blooded animal lives in Alaska? The polar bear is not cold blooded. (laughs) Alexa is wrong on this one. Um, So, yeah, and so that is the nature of, and and so I want to back up to your point about the the thing with the four friends. Okay, yeah. So, why why are uh, saturated fats. Somebody takes one of them, I think, right? Yes. You so have four so satu- sa- right. One. So saturated fat is essentially a chain of carbons. Right. And each carbon is connected to two other carbons. That's what makes the chain. Up and right? down. Up and a down. L- long link of carbon. So each carbon has two bonds already, and it can have two more. And usually, it's connected to two hydrogens. Right. And then somebody and steals so, your hydrogen. Right. And so who steals your hydrogen? Uh, hydrogen is typically stolen by oxi- Water. oxygen Water. because oxygen loves. Electrons right. and hydrogens are kind of available, and it can steal the electrons but so from them. So saturated, you have four friends, and then mono, you lose both friends. Well, what happens is two two carbons in um, two consecutive carbons out of the chain of let's say eighteen. Right. So you have eighteen carbons, each of them has two hydrogens, and then what happens is on two of the hydrogen or two of the carbons, let's say number eight and nine. Um, get their hydrogens stolen away from them and now you have a double bond so so now carbon oh it goes it can't be just a free you can't have an empty friend zone. right you, you can't have, have an have... empty friend zone and so the so carbon you just become friends with yourself the carbons next to each other become like doubly good friends because they've Seems lost because like they've lost right. their hydrogen friends yeah we got some fat going or 
carbon performing incest. <laughs> yes. There's thievery. Sorry. There's incest. This podcast is turning out to be really racy. And so. Thank God. Because the science is getting. Okay. Yeah. And so anyways. Stolen What friends. happens? So what happens when you do that? The, the, the. So wait, mono is there's just one in a line. There's just one in a line. And how many are in a line normally? 16 to 18. Okay. Typically. So you have 16 dudes lined up. Most of them, everybody except one has four friends. Two are hooked to the other, two carbons below and above them. And then one guy in monosaturated, he just really loves himself and he... Well, it's, re- it's really two carbons that are right next to each other right, in right. the chain. And they've both lost their hydrogen friends. So, they so become, that's mono? So they become better friends with each other. That's mono. And then what's poly? And before we move to that, the, the key to monounsaturated fat is where that double bond is, the bends. molecule bends. Yeah. And so it has like a 30 degree angle. And so monounsaturated fat is shaped like a boomerang. It's got a bend in it. Unlike saturated fat, which is straight. And the reason that saturated fat is so solid at room temperature is the long, straight I mean, molecules clump together really tightly. And then we stick a bunch of boomerangs in there. It doesn't all come so it together. So does it let things in and out then because you got a little bend? It still doesn't because the spaces that it creates are still tiny. and it's But poly still must all... let things in and out. No. It, it might actually. It might actually. I think there's some validity to that, but I'm not okay, sure. Okay, so in general, what is poly fat, again? So things. mono is two friends, double right. friends, and in a 16 or 18 line of carbons, and poly is what a whole bunch of them just poly poly unsaturated dudes. Poly unsaturated fats, at least the ones that we get in our diet, typically have either two or three um, narcissists points of unsaturation. Play, Pairs of carbons that have lost their hydrogens and now have a double bond. And so they like a like linoleic acid is the most common polyunsaturated fat. It's found in plants. I talk about it on the blog a lot. It has two bends in it. So it's shaped like a C, or it's like, you know, and the more So that seems to me like it's it's like making a little cup for something to sit into it. Yeah, kind of. Mostly what it's doing is it's kind of like wrapping itself around all the other fats. Oh, it's protecting it. It's like all, they're all kind of intermingled and they get, and it just, you know, the more of those bends you introduce. Seems a lot like chaos that you didn't like, but. (laughs) They just flow around each other better. And that, and that, well, that makes the membranes more fluid. Okay, so we like saturated fat, but we need these poly and mono to wrap things up a little bit yeah to just to get the right solubility depending on the temperature that we want to live in and my body can only make one more thing uh my body can only make mono no so actually i'm gonna table that because we're gonna do a whole section on this okay so elizabeth's question was what kind of fats can we make and also why do we make them that's my part of the question, but so I'm going to try to explain there's a, this is going to be, all right. So we have to talk about enzymes at this point. <clears throat> enzymes are proteins. We've already talked about proteins. We know proteins. Well, we know. How's an enzyme a protein and a protein are. So proteins. Enzymes I thought break things down. They do. Okay. They do. But they also build things. So enzymes have a. You always have to counter with the positive. <laughs> So positive, I know. Frustrating. Um, enzymes do all these little jobs in our bodies, and enzymes. Where are, do they live? Enzymes are made out of protein, and they can live anywhere. So you can have. They could be in the membrane. They, they could be in the nucleus. Absolutely. They could be in the tunnel. They can be in the tunnel. 
Well, they wouldn't really live inside of the tunnel typically. But so, you know what? Sometimes they do. Honestly, they can literally be almost anywhere. All they're right. all over. There are enzymes everywhere. And How do we cells, get them? They're doing all these little things. So we make them, and that's actually going to be the focus of probably the next episode. Okay. So I'm going to table that for now. Um, for now, except that there are these enzymes, and they're made of proteins, and they do little jobs. And um, we make fat from starch or from sugar or from alcohol. We make them into a saturated fat. And it's a saturated fat that has 16 carbons in it. What about when I eat fat? Well, so when you eat fat, your body just can simply store it as fat. It can use it in a membrane. It can, it can store it as part of your belly fat. So I don't need to eat any fat at all because my body can make all the fats that it needs from sugar and starch. That is more or less correct. You could, there is a tiny, tiny amount of the polyunsaturated fats that you, in theory, need, but you don't really need them that badly. Okay, so why do we even eat fat then? Well, we eat fat because it's delicious. We like French fries. Why is my skin better and stuff when I eat more fat? Why do I feed my dog fat so that she's shinier? Well, fat as a, as a food has a lot of good properties to it, such as... It does not stimulate the release of insulin. So, so if you eat straight fat, your body doesn't release insulin. Right. Or at least or releases a very tiny amount of That's insulin. That's how you go into ketosis. Compared to starch. Right. And that you can go into ketosis by eating fat. Does protein stimulate insulin? Straight up protein. It does. Not as much as starch. So the only way to stop insulin production is to just eat fat. Or... Just drink alcohol. Boom. Sold. Or just eat fructose, interestingly. But anyway, we're diverging too much from the right, core right, of this all episode. Alright, alright, alright. <laughs> which is how which is how is the Let's go back to Elizabeth's question again of what can we get all of our fat from starch? Because that is well, it's a thing I talk about on my blog a lot, and it is understanding how um our body decides on the saturation level of the fats that we store is very key. And, and here's what happens. Time out, time out, time out. Yes. So I eat enzymes, take starch, sugar that I eat and turn it into fat. Correct? Yes, correct. So if I just have a certain specific set of enzymes that are going to turn it into, you know, better fat for me, why is that? Can I just supplement with enzymes? Well, you you don't need to because okay, your so body me, makes tons of them. Okay, so tell me what happens after these enzymes break down. Sure. Break, so, break, break. so here's what's happening. The enzymes are taking the carbons out of the starch. Yep. And Carbons are building blocks of life. Carbons are building blocks of life, exactly. And so the fats are taking the carbon blocks out of the starch that you ate and they're building them into these long chains. And 16 chains. 16 carbon chains. And... The first enzyme... Do you think that's why we get our driver's licenses at 16? Sorry. Definitely. Yeah, definitely. Because they're like, you know, the body makes 16... Sorry, Brad. I'm so, really so, trying to stay with it so, here. So the, the, the process of... We do this thing. It's called de novo, which means new. Lipogenesis, which means making fat. Again, all the new so words. Thank you. DNL just means making new fat. That's what it means. Anyways, and the and the enzyme is called fatty acid synthase, which again means making fats. And so, so the process of that is a sixteen carbon saturated fat called palmitic acid. Okay, time out with fancy words. Um, do the enzymes make anything else? 
No. Do they make any fats? I mean, do they make any proteins or... These enzymes do not. All they do... Okay. All they do is make fats. Um, interestingly, I was just... I was just looking at a study and... When you... Sorry, that's my dog who what? is also ADD <laughs> and is like, this has been going on too long. All right, come on. Let's get um, down to it. Interestingly, when you look at, at breeds of pigs that are fatty versus yep. lean, yep. they have... They make more of the enzymes that make fats. So if you have lots more of these fat-making enzymes, you will tend to be fatter. Okay, so we want to reduce the fat-making enzymes in our body. I would argue that we do. We do? Okay, we how do. do we do that? We'll get to that later. Ugh. But first, I, so anyways, there's a, second, there's a second component to this. So the okay. first one is fatty acid synthase, which makes the 16-carbon um, fat. 16 carbon chain length fat. And and here is there's two other enzymes and these two enzymes together control the composition of your body fat if you don't eat polyunsaturated fat, right? Polyunsaturated fat can only come from the body. And so there's two enzymes. The no. first one the first body one body can't make polyunsaturated fat. You right. Said. Body can't make polyunsaturated. So you just fat. said po all the polyunsaturated fat comes from the body. That's Oh, not sorry. It. I meant to say all the okay. polyunsaturated fat comes Come from on, the Come on, don't confuse me more. Diet. Dude, from the so, diet. Yes. So then there's two other enzymes. Okay. And the first one is called an elongase. It makes things longer. Ace just means enzyme. Anyway, okay. um it's elongase. So it, it takes the 16 carbon chain and it adds two more carbons onto it. Why? Making it an 18 carbon chain called stearic acid. And the reason that it does this, believe it or not, is because of membrane fluidity. Okay. Because it works in unison with a second enzyme called SCD1. And that second enzyme introduces a double bond and turns it into Poly. a monounsaturated fat. Oh, just one just double bond. Just one double so bond. So it's a monounsaturated fat. And so from our diet, we essentially make three things. We make palmitic acid, 16 carbon saturated, stearic acid, 18 carbon saturated, and oleic acid, which is an 18 carbon monounsaturated fat. And, and we need all three of those. We need all three of those. And the thing is, the proportions, the proportions that we have those three fats, palmitic, stearic, and oleic, is totally controlled by how much elongase and desaturase we make, those second two enzymes. So do we want more elongase or do we want less or is it dependent on the person? So interestingly, it seems that when you look at things that are fat, very broadly speaking, this could be an individual cell, it could be a whole animal like a pig, it could be an obese human, they tend to make more, well, they tend to make more of all of these genes, fatty acid synthase, elongase, SCD1. Genes, you're talking about enzymes. I'm sorry, genes. I'm talking about enzymes. I'm talking about enzymes. Um, and SCD1 is the one that makes things monounsaturated. Okay. That is, tends to be, fat things make lots of it. So we want to shut that and, down. And things that can't make it yeah. have a very high metabolic rate and remain lean and resistant to diabetes. Specifically, I'm talking about mice. They've made, they've made mice. They've made mice that, that cannot unsaturate their fat. And those mice remain forever lean and free of diabetes. And so the ability to make unsaturated fat is what allows something to get fat. Like it's, it's a necessary... Okay, so we don't want to make unsaturated fat. We don't want to make unsaturated fat. So what's fat. the enzyme that makes unsaturated? It's called SCD1. So we don't want SCD1. How do we stop it? Well, um, good question. I do happen to sell a product on my 
uh, on my blog, fireinabottle.net, for those of you who don't know, um, which is a tropical oil which actually blocks the enzyme action of SCD1, called sterculia oil. So that's one thing that one can do. Okay. And then what, uh, first, what is another thing? And then my another, the other question is, doesn't that throw the balance of other stuff off? Aren't you just messing with a system that, like, maybe doesn't want to be messed with? Maybe you're just supposed to be fast. So, so one thing that, that happens, which is interesting, when you eat a little bit, this is going to sound confusing, but stick with me for a minute. When you eat a little bit of polyunsaturated fat, mm-hmm. you actually begin to make less SCD1. So like a little bit of fish oil, for instance, can reduce the amount of SCD1 that you make. So SCD1, though, is making mono, not poly. So why would it reduce? Why would eating because, poly reduce the mono maker? Right. Because the body is going for this overall... Homeostasis. It's going for this overall kind of membrane fluidity and... And the polyunsaturated fats are very, very fluid. So the body says, okay, well, if there's polyunsaturated fat coming in... I need to make more saturated. I need to make, more, I need to make my fat more saturated to balance it out. And so... So we're just really looking to get rid of mono. Well, and here's... Yes, but interestingly, here's how it works. So if you eat more polyunsaturated fat than that, which all Americans do because we're always eating salad dressing, you know, vegetable like... Everything has vegetable oil in it. Uh, mayonnaise, salad dressing, fried things, breads, crackers, you name it, right? It's all full of polyunsaturated fat. And when you look at um, this study that I talk about on my blog with pigs, the, as they eat, oh, this is as the they eat tons of, as they eat tons, right, as they eat tons of, of polyunsaturated fat, some switch goes off and they start making more monounsaturated fat, which is sort of the opposite. And so you see it first. So then you get jelly-like. Then you get jelly-like. And so one of the things is that jiggle, mammals jiggle. mammals who hibernate, remember we talked about mm-hmm. um, warm-blooded, saturated fat, cold-blooded, unsaturated fats, right? Animals, animals that Unsaturated hi- fats are all poly and mono. Right. Okay. And animals who hibernate need to drop their body temperature down to like 40 degrees in the winter. So they want more poly. So they want more poly and they want more monounsaturated fat. And so eating polyunsaturated fat is a switch that makes you hibernate. Hibernating animals use to turn on this alternate metabolic rate, which is called torpor. And that allows them... So if I'm just a human walking around eating a normal American crap diet, I basically am putting my body into hibernation. Exactly. Maybe that's also well, why it's hard to get motivated to do anything about it because you're in torpor. You're in torpor. Yes. Torpor. You're in torpor. Yes, exactly. That's that is exactly what I'm arguing. And I would argue that torpor is 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 all mammals have the sort of ability to turn this on. Not all species hibernate, but torpor is so if you look at all of the branches of the mammalian tree, mm-hmm. there are mammals everywhere on it who can go into torpor, including lemurs in Madagascar, which are, um, what are we, primates. So they're actually quite closely related to humans, and they can go into torpor. And so, and then there are other animals that like go into torpor just overnight or when it's hot. What about right. those that go into torpor when it's yeah, hot? And so, Is that and so also every, poly? Right. So everybody thinks, yes, as far as I know. I mean, we haven't tested this in all of them, but, but, they've, Let's go but they've, they've tested a lot of different hibernating animals. And if they don't get enough polyunsaturated fat, they cannot go into um, 
they cannot go into this torpor. And what they do when you look at them as they – so when they want to hibernate, they start eating polyunsaturated fat and they start making more SCD1. So they're making – they're making – they're getting lot, real more, soft for more, the They're getting real soft for winter. They're making a lot of monounsaturated Kinda fat. Kind of like women's they're butts eating. in Buffalo. Get real soft in exactly. the winter. Exactly. <laughs> they're eating poofa. And poofa. if you look at polyunsaturated fat, sorry. And if you look at obese humans, they make, they have lots and lots of SCD1. They make a lot of monounsaturated fat. And, and and so they're doing the same thing that the hibernating animals do. So the the polyunsaturated fat is, probably slows your metabolism. Is this, is this switch Got that it. turns on these enzyme systems, which unsaturate your fat, and they cause they you know they tend to cause you to store fat. So we're gonna turn off SCD one, and we'll all be good. We're not gonna mess with the system that doesn't want to be messed with. Exactly. And Are so, we sure? Well. I mean, we can't be entirely sure. This is science. There's always variables. But we think one of the things that, that I think and that I talk about on the blog is, is if we could eliminate – if we can eliminate the polyunsaturated fat and somehow control the SCD1 at the same time – and that's not easy to do necessarily because once you're in torpor, it's a little unclear how humans get out of it. Well, how do animals get out of torpor? Well, animals hibernate all winter, so they literally fast for six months. Oh, so they're not months. eating, but we're just they're not continuing eating, to eat. And in the eat. spring, they Ugh. wake up, and they're like, they're good now. And so, so maybe Americans just need to fast for like 15 years. Well, some people have suggested this. Some people have suggested if I, you know, people are doing, people are doing a lot of fasting now. Like, there's people on the blog, and they're like, well, I'll just fast for a month until all my fat is gone, and then I'll eat again, and my fat will be replaced with saturated fat. And that might work, but it's a little extreme. Probably most people, this is not going to work out for. Right. Okay. So what's another option? Another option is... We're just cutting down the SCD1 with a supplement or whatever, and then what else? Do we just eat saturated fat to try to keep the balance... Right. Another thing we can try is to eat um, is to eat fat that is very high in saturated fat, of course, and and hope that over time that will replace our stored uh, monounsaturated fat and polyunsaturated fat. The only problem with that is if we're making a lot of the those two enzymes, the elongase and the SCD one, we're still going to end up converting a lot of that saturated fat into monounsaturated fat as we store it. So then, what do we do? So another thing that we can do that suppresses SCD one and this is what my blog is about, and this is technical, so I'm I'm just gonna say it: is we can eat things that that generate free radicals, the dreaded reactive oxygen All right, species. I am I'm over. I've got that your will also point. suppress SCD one, but anyways. But now that you're onto free radicals, I'm over. We we could talk about radicals in another time. But yes. I think I have the point. Um yes. That the whole idea is we want to make it. Our bodies like homeostasis. They want a certain amount of mono, poly, and saturated. However, the more poly, we don't need a lot of poly, or our body makes poly or something. But we just, the point is, we don't want to eat a lot of poly or mono unsaturated fats because our body is already making those. Right. So we just eat sugar. We would make the right amount? No. Well, if, very, if, I think I'm still if, confused. If you, so if you look at uh, cultures who eat primarily starch, right. and, and I'm talking about, uh, Chinese peasants. I'm talking right. about um, they, there was a study done in the 1960s with African tribes who were um, eating yucca, um, and their fat is very saturated, much more saturated than Americans. And in all those cultures, people remain 
lean, so, lean throughout their lives without thinking about it. And so, and so in America, a lot of people think that like, oh, well. So really vegetable oil is what has made us fat. That is my argument. That is the argument behind my because blog. Because if I just ate starches and maybe some animal fats here and there, but mostly like rice and, you know, I know you think vegetables is like a new world thing, but whatever. <laughs> I like vegetables. So if I just ate rice and vegetables, my body would make a nice amount of saturated fat. And if I have higher saturated fat, then I'm not fat. Right. And so then, then I have a harder body. Right. But yeah. Right. But then if you think about the traditional French and American diets, so Americans were very, very lean up until 1960 or 1970. And the American diet has always been high in uh, white flour, sugar, very high in sugar, butter, um, lard and beef fat, protein, right? And so, so Americans have always – and apple pie. And so Americans have always eaten this diet that – people would say is like, oh, that should be the most fattening diet in the world. It's all process, it's all highly processed carbs, white just flour like and the sugar French with combined their with saturated fat. Just like the cheese with their croissants and their So when did the obesity rate in America start to rise? Sometime around the seventies and eighties. And what changed then? We ate more vegetable oil. Well vegetable oil is the problem then. I believe that it is. Um it's not all right. Definitive yet, but we're working on putting that data it. out there. Vegetable and, um, oil is evil. <laughs> yes. Perfect. There. Boom. Glad See? I got it. Elizabeth has got it. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Oh, yeah. Okay. That is all for this time. Elizabeth and the dog were getting antsy. Uh, I hope you guys enjoyed the format. This was a little more conversational than some of the other ones, and I'm excited to be able to um, start back from the beginning and kind of step through some of the basics of biology. And we're going to do the central dogma of molecular biology next time. That's a fun term, the central dogma. I think it's a fun term. We're going to have, well, Elizabeth will be back for several episodes at least. I'm not sure. just depends on, I guess, how long it takes to get through it all. I hope you all enjoyed it and uh, we will see you next time.